So welcome back to Commonsy Inspirations. And this morning on today's podcast, we are going to do one which is a bit more reflective. And we invite you to take a time out. You can listen to this podcast at, podcast at any stage throughout the month of November, as we invite you to pause and reflect on November as the month of our beloved dead. As we begin this time of music, reflection and poetry, we invite you to light a candle and perhaps to have near you maybe the list of your dead or maybe your memorial cards or photos of those you wish to remember. Take a deep breath and light your candle now. Watch how the flame bursts forth, first with the flick of the match and then dies a little before the flame catches on the wick. Focus on the moment and gather yourself together and just take a deep breath in and out. The lighting of the candle is an action that all of us, whether we are of faith or none, can do. We light a light to drive away the darkness. The lighting of the light of watching the dancing flame of a fire is something which you know we as humans have done for millennia. And it's something of a comfort to us which appeals and speaks to our deepest inner spaces. We gather to push back the darkness of November. In November, in Ireland for many millennia, the month of November, or Samhain, has been very much the month of the dead. From pre-Christian to modern times, it's been set aside as a thin time, a thin space, when the seasons call us to pause. They call us to remember to stop, to reflect, and to grieve. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me
In the Catholic Christian tradition, November is the month of the Holy Souls, where we pray for those who have left this mortal world. world. November can be a hard month for many people, as we recall the memory of our beloved dead, for sometimes the dead can drive you hard. But with the darkening of days and the drawing in of nights, it seems to be an appropriate time to reflect and pray for our dead as the year and seasons turn towards the death of winter. It is the time of year when we can reflect on our encounters with sister death and ultimately an encounter which we will all have. Sister death is the shadow at our elbow, a constant friend at our door, our faithful companion throughout the journey of life who may at any time say, come, your time is complete. Irish folklore has many comments and expressions and reminders about it with sayings like, you know, there's no pockets in a shroud or there's no trailer after the hearse or it doesn't matter how much land you have, you'll still end up in a plot six foot by three foot. St. Francis of Assisi reminds us that remember that when you leave this earth, you can take nothing with you. You take, you take with you nothing that you have received, only what you have given. But coping with death and grief is difficult. And the gift of remembrance can ease the pain, although for some it can also renew the pain, like reopening an old wound. It's fair to say that grief never leaves us. We only get better at carrying it with us. For the dead remain dead. When you have lost someone, when it feels like a person has been ripped away from you, when your very heart bleeds at the loss, no matter how long has passed, the heart can still pain. A smell, a noise, a memory, an expression, a favourite song, or something of theirs which you happen across can be the trigger to that moment of renewed pain. Especially for families where this November will be their first with that missing person. We need to be gentle with them and with ourselves and remind ourselves that there was a logic to to the tradition of observing a period of mourning, to allow people to become accustomed to carrying that pain in their lives. Acknowledging and recognizing our need to grieve is something that we have rediscovered in these strange times that we are living in. In many places and countries prior to COVID, we'd almost become fearful of the dead and dying sanitizing the event, hiding it away in hospitals and care homes. We can sometimes not be especially comfortable with death. From the hospital to the mortuary or funeral home, people make their passage out of this world through a series of specialized rooms, clean, spare, sterile, discreetly hidden from the living whom they might make discomfort. So Kathleen Doherty writes, you know, dying in the sanitary environment of a hospital is a relatively new concept. In the late 19th century, dying at a hospital was reserved for people who had nothing and no one. Given the choice, a person wanted to die at home in their bed, surrounded by friends and family. But times have changed. And these days of the half a million people who die each year in the UK, for example, only 18% do in their own home. The dying are sometimes hidden away and death is made an alien, even an abnormal occurrence, 
a pathogen to be contained. However, I think we'd all agree the last few months have shattered that curtain, torn it back, and presented death anew to us. But this COVID time hasn't just robbed the dead. It has robbed the living too. It has robbed the newlyweds, the newly born, those who have transitioned in life, in schools, colleges, jobs. We have been robbed of these stasio moments in our life's journey. But it has also robbed the dead and especially those that grieve. Taken from them the social rites and rituals which help us to cope. They cling to life while beginning to take in the transition which has occurred because someone we loved has died. Take a breath now. Hold it for a moment and breathe out. And we listen to this next piece of music, The Silence and the Sorrow. Is there time? 
So that was The Silence and the Sorrow by Liam Lawton. And it's an appropriate introduction to the next part of our reflection, where we will read the poem For Grief by John O'Donoghue. When you lose someone you love, your life becomes strange. The ground beneath you gets fragile. Your thoughts make your eyes unsure. And some dead echo drags your voice down where words have no confidence. Your heart has grown heavy with loss. And though this loss has wounded others too, no one knows what has been taken from you when the silence of absence deepens. Flickers of guilt kindle regret for all that was left unsaid or undone. There are days when you wake up happy, again inside the fullness of life, until the moment breaks and you are thrown back onto the black tide of loss. Days when you have your heart back, you are able to function well, until in the middle of work or encounter, suddenly with no warning, you are ambushed by grief. It becomes hard to trust yourself. All you can depend on now is that sorrow will remain faithful to itself. More than you, it knows its ways and will find the right time to pull and pull the rope of grief until that coiled hill of tears has reduced to its last drop. Gradually, you will learn acquaintance with the invisible form of your departed. And when the work of grief is done, the wound of loss will heal, and you will have learned to wean your eyes from that gap in the air and be able to enter the hearth in your soul where your loved one has awaited your return all the time.
So that piece of music was Libra, Rest in Peace, singing Rest in Peace, which was a nice counterpart to the poem by John O'Donoghue, In Grief. The next piece, the next reflection that we have is Psalm 130, and will be very familiar to people, and it's part of the Office of the Dead as well, which is in the, the liturgy of the hours. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. O oh, let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleading. If you, O oh Lord, should mark our guilt, Lord, who would survive? But with you is found forgiveness. For this we revere you. My soul is waiting for the Lord. I count on his word. My soul is longing for the Lord more than watchmen for daybreak. Let the watchman count on daybreak and Israel on the Lord. Because with the Lord there is mercy and fullness of redemption, Israel indeed he will redeem from all its iniquities. we just had there is a Gregorian chant called In Paradisum and it used to form part of the, the old Latin mass and but we still use it today in the prayers of commendation that people will be very familiar with. The translation of the hymn of the, of the, of the chant is may angels lead you into paradise upon your arrival may the martyrs receive you and lead you to the holy city of Jerusalem 
May the ranks of angels receive you, and with Lazarus, the poor man, may you have eternal rest. The great prayer, the last prayer that is said over the remains of our beloved before they're taken to their place of final rest. A prayer which many of us would probably know, even though off, we know off, even though we don't know, we realize we know it off. So now we come to this part of our call to remembrance on the podcast this morning. And so we pause and we remember those and call and name those we want to remember. And in particular, this morning, myself and John are going to name some people. But as we do this, we invite you to call to mind your own beloved dead. We pray and we call and we call to remember all those who have died from COVID since January 2020. Lord, remember them. We call and we remember all those who died alone, without family or comfort of their faith. Lord, remember them. We call and name those we want to remember all those who died and for whom we as families and communities could not commemorate fully. Lord, remember them. We recall and name for all those healthcare and frontline workers who died. Lord, remember them. We call and name all those taken tragically through accident or untimely death due to cancer or other illness. Lord, remember them. Will you call and remember for those who through war, famine, disease and hunger. Lord, remember them. And finally now we take this moment and we invite you to call and remember with us as we remember all our beloved dead. Lord, remember them. A prayer of remembrance. God, thank you for the special people in our lives whom we are remembering in a special way during the month of November. We thank you for being a compassionate God who walked with us in our dark moments of grief and loneliness. We're thankful for all who continue to love and support us through our grief. Lord, continue to be a light for us. Give us hope, direction and courage. May we live our lives treasuring the memories of those special people we have known and loved. And help us to bring light and hope to others. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. We pray again. For the dead. Into your hands, O Lord, we humbly entrust our brothers and sisters. In this life, you embrace them with your tender love. Deliver them now from every evil and bid them enter eternal rest. The old order has passed away. Welcome them into paradise where there will be no sorrow, no weeping nor pain, but fullness of peace and joy with your Son and the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen.
going home is a piece which is very common to funerals, particularly in Ireland. And for many people, I suppose it's very much tearjerker, you know. And that is why we, 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 we used it there at that particular moment when we were pausing and remembering, but also reminding us of the fact that death is not the end. For those of us that are Christian, we believe and we say that, you know, death is not the end. We say, death, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? We celebrate and remember our beloved dead because as Christians, we say, life has changed, not ended. Because in Christ's victory, we have our hope. And so why we go through the month of November and we pray for our dead, it is truly a prayer of hope. John will now read for us from the Gospel of St. John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many places to live in. Otherwise I would have told you. I am now going to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you to myself, so that you may be with me where I am.
The Tese hymn, Jesus Remember Me, is so appropriate for the month of November because it is, of course, the month of our remembrance and the prayer that Jesus will remember each of us and those we love. It may be tempting during the month of November, you know, sometimes to yield prematurely to the flashier and cozier charms of Christmas. I nearly died during the week when I saw already on the 3rd of November the Christmas ads were starting on the television. You know, it's easier to kind of give in to the jingle bells and the stars in the east and merry gentlemen. But we must remember to let the dead have November. We should, rem we should let them have this somber, chilly month with its purple grey skies and bare, windy trees. Say a prayer for all the departed during this month. And if you can, visit the resting places of your beloved dead. We will be reunited in the world to come. But until then, it's good to grieve for the separation. It's good to hold those who have gone before, both as objects of mercy and of reverence. To mourn as a Christian is to hold both the fullness of loss and the promise of resurrection at once. And the promise will be fulfilled. Blessed are those who mourn, says Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, for they shall be comforted. So we have now three final reflections, which are somewhat appropriate. And they come from three of Ireland's most recent philosophers, bards, if you will, uh, poets. So the first one is from the Kerryman John Moriarty. And it's a compilation of different interviews he gave before his death in 2007. And I believe myself, they are very thought-provoking and very inspiring words from that, uh, that great Kerryman. I was looking out to the east, out of my bedroom window, just as I was getting up for about around seven o'clock, and there were long bands of mist all over Schlievenkro, East Kerry. And for the first time in my life, I had to look away because it was much more than beautiful. It was tremendous. When people ask me, are you happy? I'd say, that isn't quite the question. The real question is, am I still growing? Have I become a finished creation? Am I dead or am I still growing? And am I, is my life still an adventure? An adventure full of trouble, full of joy, full of pain, full of cataclysm. Am I still living dangerously? So, am I still growing is the real question. Uh, I'm a man of faith, like, and, you know, I have a kind of Christian faith, and our death isn't the end of the story, you know, and my life in the universe isn't the whole story, and so the healing is finally greater than the illness. Death is, death is a door through to something, to somewhere else, like. I got a great run at life, like, I'm 68 years of age, like, and if I was told, say, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, that I was dying, like, I'd have been very, very sad indeed, because I'd have felt there was an awful lot of stuff in me that I hadn't got out of me. But at this stage, like, I got a great run, 68 years, more or less, straight run, you know, and, like, I, a lot of that stuff that I needed to say and get out of me, I have said. There is no terminus like like that, you know. I will never say of myself that I'm terminally ill. 
Because, like, it's a departure lounge, not a terminal lounge. Like, it's life goes on. I'm absolutely sure of one thing. Like, I see myself as just going on, and I'll be different in a different place. Like, and I can only say that, that like, I do believe, like, that there is a hereafter. Can I just read one stanza to you? Yes, okay. It was written by Dylan Thomas at the age of 16, and it's called, And Death Shall Have No Dominion. And Death Shall Have No Dominion. Dead men naked, they shall be one with a man in the wind and the west moons, and their bones are picked clean and the clean bones gone. They shall have stars at elbow and foot. Though they go mad, they shall be sane. Though they sink through the sea, they shall rise again. Though lovers be lost, love shall not, and death shall have no dominion. And that wonderful line, and they shall have stars at elbow and foot. And if there are people lying in the flat of their back in St. Luke's Hospital today or in some or in other hospitals, you know, I want to say to them, God bless us all. Like, who we are from conception to death isn't the whole story. Our life in the universe isn't the whole story. And the universe itself isn't the whole story. And a day will come. I know it, Joe. A day will come when we all of us will have stars at elbow and foot. So that was from some wonderful words of reflection from John Moriarty. So now we're going to cross the Shannon to County Clare and to John O'Donoghue up to Finor, where he's from, and a beautiful reflection of another reflection or poem that John wrote and which is very, uh, very well known from his book, Benedictus. So just to listen to John recite it now himself. Day when the weight deadens on your shoulders, and you stumble, may the clay dance to balance you. And when your eyes freeze behind the grey window and the ghost of loss gets into you, may a flock of colours, indigo, red, green and azure blue, come to awaken in you a meadow of delight. When the canvas frays in the corrock of thought and a stain of ocean blackens beneath you, may there come across the waters a path of yellow moonlight to bring you safely home. May the nourishment of the earth be yours, may the clarity of light be yours, may the fluency of the ocean be yours, may the protection of the ancestors be yours. And so may a slow wind work these words of love around you, an invisible cloak to mind your life. And that was John O'Donoghue reading from his poem. And finally, our final reflection seems so apt this month, given that we have only recently said goodbye to the bard of Valley Longford, Brendan Kennelly. And... It is, of course, his great poem, Begin Again. And so we have a recording of Brendan reciting it at the Listowel Reuters Festival. And as we exit this podcast of reflection, I think it's an appropriate one for us as we go through the month of November to remember that no matter what happens, we are called to begin again. Brendan Kennelly reciting his own poem. Begin again to the counting birds, 
to the sight of light at the window, begin to the roar of morning traffic all along Pembroke Road. Every beginning is a promise, born in light and dying in dark. Determination and exaltation of springtime flowering the way to work. Begin to the pageant of queuing girls, to the arrogant loneliness of swans in the canal, to bridges linking the past and future, to old friends passing, though with us still. Begin to the loneliness that cannot end, since it perhaps is what makes us begin. Begin to wonder at unknown faces, at crying birds in the sudden rain, at branches stark in the willing sunlight, at seagulls foraging for bread, at couples sharing a sunny secret, alone together while making good. Though we live in a world that dreams of ending, that always seems about to give in something, something that will not acknowledge conclusion, insists that we forever begin. Thank you for participating with us in this moment of reflection. You you